I want to start this podcast off with a quote from a book called Winning by Tim Grover. Amazing book. Winning doesn't apologize and it doesn't explain. It throws a party in your honor, refuses to give you the place and time, and sticks you with the check. It pours your champagne and knocks over the glass. You reach out to shake its hand and it has no idea who you are. Winning puts you on the biggest stage and shuts off all the lights. I want you to pause this podcast right now and contemplate what does winning look like to you? I also want you to now enjoy the interview with Jay Stevens. Amazing interview. Got so much going on. Guy is so funny. And we had a great time interviewing. And as always, check in at the end with what Landon and I have going on in our lives. Have a great day. got Mr. Jay Stevens on with us today. Funny story, how we met. I was sitting on a plane about a month ago and uh, sitting next to this guy where I'm opening up my book. I see he's reading, going back and forth. Looks over, gives me a thumbs up. I was reading uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which ironically, Tony, you just finished as well. And um, Jay and I started going back and forth and talking about life and business and some of his ventures. And um, immediately, as soon as he, the first two senses came out of his mouth, I knew I was like, I have to get this guy on the podcast. I have to get this guy's information. We got to chat, got to offline and got to stay connected somehow. So Jay Stevens, a professional comedian, uh, I'll let him dive in a little bit about background about that. Uh, owner of Focus Clothing established out of Cleveland. Um, Jay, hit us with it, man. Talk about your, your past. Talk about where you are today, your comedian uh, um, career, and, and then where Focus Clothing is going. Wow. Well, um, I've been, uh, first of all, I have to, we, we're not just going to start this podcast with saying how we met on the plane. <laughs> we're going to start this podcast by saying I was knocked out sitting there just chilling on my seat and Landon sits next to me with this big old thing of rice and eggs and a sandwich or whatever he was eating. He looks at me like, Hey man, do you mind if I eat? Uh, obviously it's too late for that, sir. You didn't got the whole airplane smelling like we in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I think true. that was our, our, our initial, uh, <laughs> Very good icebreaker right there. Oh, it was, man. I'm telling you, Tony, it, it was just so crazy because you know food is real on airplanes now nah, because they don't sell food. So if somebody got food, you instantly want to be like, so you gonna share that or you just gonna sit yeah, there and be yeah. stingy? <laughs> you finished it? I, I got a shoddy leftovers. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, absolutely, man. Um, that's how we uh connected. And uh, that we definitely commented, I definitely commented on a book that you uh, was reading, Can't Hurt Me, uh, which, you know, by an amazing guy. I mean, we got, we know that's got, this guy that did everything but uh, wrestle killer sharks in the ocean, uh, which is probably on his to-do list. But, um, <laughs> uh, and so here we are, you know, I, 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 I've been doing comedy, man, professionally, shoot, like 20 years. I'm like 20 years in the game. I have... Uh, Traveled all over the world, uh, making people laugh. And, um, but if you go back and talk to my elementary school teachers, I've been doing comedy my whole life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it just wasn't about doing it as a professional. In fact, when I run into some of my older school teachers and they'd be like, So, what are you doing with your life now, Jay? Like, well, first of all, Mrs. Johnson, I am a professional comedian while you try to be funny and I make more money in a week than you do in a year while you told me I was not going to be nothing. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I don't do that, man. I just keep not awesome. do that. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, if you talk to my my uh, elementary school teachers, man, I've been a clown. I've been a fool. I've uh, been making people laugh. But unlike most comedians uh, who had the story of, I was making people laugh. I didn't like doing my work. I was just dumb, so that's why I did it. No, I like making people laugh, but I was also the smart guy. See, I'm a little older than you guys. So um, actually, this coming Sunday, March 14th, I'll be 45, you know? And so- wow. Uh, when I was growing up, when you got the honor roll and the merit roll, you ha- you got a scratch and sniff sticker. So I used to love getting straight A's, uh, so I could get the scratch and sniff stickers on my uh my math tests and my spelling tests, my history mm-hmm. tests and stuff like that. So I was a smart comedian, you know what I'm saying? I was a smart comedian, so uh, I mean a smart kid, should I say? And uh, here we are, man, twenty years later, just freaking enjoying what we do. Jay, my. My nerd self selfishly has to ask this question. What book were you reading? Oh, actually, I just got finished reading this book called How We Play the Game by Ed Stacks, the CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods. I had to say the sporting goods part because it just sounds so funny when I thought it just said, yeah, man, it's by Ed Stacks, the CEO of Dick's. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you, man, this guy, Ed Stacks, this book is about the journey from when his father started the store, I believe it was like 1940, 50, and the conglomerate that it is today with Dick Sporting Goods, Golf Galaxy, and uh, Field and Streams. All that is Dick Sporting mm. Goods. And uh, it definitely has me thinking differently of business on, on my brand and I've always known how important marketing is, but man, this guy spends so much money on marketing and, uh, you know, it's an amazing book. It is an amazing book. I actually, I just finished it maybe about a week or two ago and I've been so busy. My schedule has been crazy, but I want to actually go up to a Dick Sporting Goods store because I have a totally different respect and, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when, Mm -hmm. When I walk in the store now, I have a different feeling now. Yeah, for so sure. I, you know, I got to get up there, man. Oh man, books books are just something else, man. I, I always say that there's this there's this barrier when we hit a certain point of where we can no longer learn anymore until we start reading or you know consuming some type of content to break that barrier and keep on learning and pushing. And books, for me at least, that is the the way for me. And some ways you can tell if someone's you know if they're staying sharp or not. You could ask them how much are you reading, you know, and. Yes. You'll be able to kind of tell that. So that's awesome. I appreciate you shedding light on that. So now let's talk about comedy. Let's uh what what was that introduction? When did you take that that leap of faith to hop into the comedy game? And then talk about the transition of where comedy has come, obviously from you know performing at clubs to now maybe we're in a virtual space now. So please feel free to shed light on that. Well, um I first started doing comedy uh in two thousand. In churches, I did comedy in churches for 10 years before I even hit a comedy club because um, I'm a clean comic. Um, and 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 so, I, you know, I've always ironically with me being a clean comic, my favorite comic was Bernie Mac. You know, that's a uh, oxymoron. <laughs> but, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Bernie Mac was definitely my favorite. And he was definitely not a clean comic by far, <laughs> but he definitely was my favorite comic. And I, I, it's funny because I will watch Kings of Comedy before I did a 10 minute set at a church. Now, ironic, I mean, not ironically, but thank God I never slipped up and cussed when I was doing uh, sets in the churches after watching mm-hmm. Kings of Comedy. But um, 
I definitely started in church for 10 years, man, before I hit a comedy club. And once I stepped into the comedy club uh, arena, I was so polished. I was not like your typical open micer, as they call it. New people are called open micers. I was not your typical open micer because I had already done churches for 10 years. So I was killing the game for, I had already had like a DVD or two out and it was cool, man. You know, um, so by the time I started hitting the club scene, I grew up in the ranks fast from MC to the middle act is called a feature and the closing act is called a headliner. So it was, it was pretty fun, man. It was it was pretty cool journey. Um, now, as far as where we are now, wow, the game is completely different now from social media comics to introverts. I don't know if either one of you guys are introverts or either one of you guys introverts. Definitely not. I don't think so. No, yeah, okay. I don't think so. so introverts. What I found out since COVID happened is uh, introverts is a real thing. Like people literally hate other people, <laughs> and they like staying <laughs> on. <laughs> and so, man, I did some Facebook lives last year and some Zooms last year, and so many people was hitting me up like, "Yo, we've been waiting for something like this." Introverts are at home the past year and a half, like. Thank God we don't have to go nowhere. Entertainment on our laptops, entertainment on our television. Mm -hmm. They freaking love it. So it's like a whole new world that we've just entered into because of COVID when it comes to uh, doing comedy through Zoom or through uh, Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Sure. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about about in-person performances, obviously, and I'm sure you're passionate about it. Based on what, what you kind of explained to me, all the traveling you've done, what's your favorite city to perform in and why? Wow. I've never been asked that question. Um, I really don't have a favorite city. To be honest, I, I don't have a favorite city that I like to perform in. Um, now, as far as just going to, you know, Miami or L.A., uh -huh. Atlanta, you know, your, <laughs> your top cities, New York. Of course, you want to go there not for the comedy, but just for the city so you can spend all your money shopping and things like that. <laughs> but uh, as far as a favorite city, I don't have a favorite city, man. My favorite thing when it comes to comedy is I don't care if I'm in um, L.A. or if I'm in uh, Nashville or in, or, or in a small town, Harrisburg, PA, you know, if people coming out and they having a great time and they enjoying me, man, hey, I freaking love it. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You seem like someone that just wants to bring value and joy to someone's day, no matter what form it is, you know, whether it be uh, comedy. I know you said you performed in a church, so I'm assuming you do, uh, you know, you speak about God and shed light on that as well. Um, what I want to talk about, uh, unless you guys want to stick on the comedy thing, I wanted to talk about your journey to entrepreneurship and how comedy led you to that. And your clothing brand. Do you mind uh, talking about that? So, yeah, let's talk about entrepreneurship. So one thing about being a comedian is and first, one thing about being an entertainer, period. When you first start off in entertainment, you better have some type of other drive of being an entrepreneur because you going to be broke for a long time. You know, whether you're a comedian, a rapper, an actor, you're going to be busting tables. You're going to be doing jobs. So. I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, my first business in, wow, I think it was 2003, I had a mobile car wash. I had a, a van where I had a 500-gallon 
water tank in there with the spray gun, like you see it to do it yourselves. And I used to go to places and wash their cars. Most of the time I stayed at bar barbershops and beauty salons all day and uh, made a killing because I'm very passionate about cars. I love cars, muscle cars, um, sports cars. I freaking love them. Um, but I did that in like early 2000, like I said, I think around 2003, I did that. And um, I was very successful at it, but I live in Cleveland, Ohio. So it's seasonal. So I did it for like a year or two and then I sold the business. Um, if it was somewhere hot all year round, Atlanta, anywhere down south, anywhere on the West Coast, I would definitely be a millionaire by now because it was such a great business. Um, but it took a lot of my time. So uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, let me see. After that, I started promoting shows. I definitely started promoting shows, comedy shows and concerts and things like that. So make dipping, making some money in um in that arena with concert promoting. And actually, actually, promotions I started in high school. I used to throw parties and charge people to get in different uh places, different events while we throw parties and we'd rock out, you know, um until Master P Bowdy Bowdy came on, then the fight started. Then we had to shut down the party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what what uh what type of like you know, I can imagine as a comedian, you have to build a lot of thick skin. All you know, there's times I'm sure you get tough crowds, and you have to stick to your guns and you know persevere. What, what have you gained any skills from being a comedian that have translated over as an entrepreneur that that of that thick skin mentality? Absolutely, absolutely. One thing that all of us as entrepreneurs know that uh, we are used to is the word no. The word no, when you get thick skin over the word no, you can succeed in anything because you're going to keep going. When the word no drives you, you're like, man, I didn't been told no 1,672 times in the past year. No doesn't mean nothing to me anymore. At first, no would hurt. But then after a while, you're like, okay, you said no. Okay. Let's dig into this no. Why is it no? After a while, when you start, when you grow up and you realize that, Everything is not personal. When you realize everything is not racist, when you realize everything is not, um, uh, well, I could just leave it on those two, personal or racist. Okay, you said no. Okay, why did you say no? Let's dig into the why. Are you just saying no because you're a jerk and you don't want to do business with me at all? Okay, fine. You get those people. There's some people in this life you will never do business with. It doesn't matter what both of you bring to the table. It just, it just, mm -hmm. it just is what it is. They hate you. They don't like you for some reason that's, you have nothing to do with it. It happens, it, especially in entertainment. So um, I'm to the point to where I'm like, okay, no. Why no? Is there something that I need to do? do you know, if, if it's if it's no, because I'm trying to get this, this grant or this loan to better my business. Okay, why did you say no? Okay, my credit score is 710. You need it to be 750. Okay, fine. Let me work on that. You need me to make more money this year so that when I scale up next year, okay, I can go from, you know, $100,000 a line of credit with the bank to a 200. What does no mean? Why is it no? So that's the point where I'm in my life. That, and that, that comedy helped me because you get so many no's, so many doors closed in your face. You're like, man, the word no motivates me. Mm. It motivates mm. me, you know. And I thank comedy for that because, man, you get so many no's left and right, left and right, left and right, left and right that it's like, no. Okay. I don't cry uh -huh. over no. What's next? <laughs> how do y'all feel me too being in finance and, and doing oh, what y'all yeah. do yeah how do you how do you respond to tough crowds like what are some um strategies or what are some some 
ways you go about handling a tough crowd or just people that are giving you like a weird, a weird vibe that, that you're not looking for? Well, actually, you know, because I've been doing it for a while, the whole, let, let me say this about comedy, because so many people think that as comics, you know, people just deal with, um, oh my God, this is so horrible. Uh, uh, you, you deal with hecklers and the whole show. That's early <laughs> on in your career. People, right. Once you become seasoned like myself, you know, I'm 20 years in the game. So people are not coming out to my shows where they spent 20, 30, $50 per ticket to listen to some drunk guy who wants to be a part of the show. But don't get it twisted, though. Like you do deal with some people who, you know, alcohol bring out, you know, energy in people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you definitely have to know how to handle those people. And so, you know, I'm the type of guy that. I get the crowd on my side. So uh, if if I feel you're getting a little too loud or a little too talkative, then I'll say something to you. And I'll be like, look, man, nah, I, I, I didn't warn you already. If you say something else, I'm going to smash you and I'm going to smash everybody at your table. So what happens then is the people at the table like, you better shut the hell up because he better not yeah, say yeah. nothing about me. So <laughs> that's how you get that's that great. to work. Now let's talk about the uh, the clothing brand. How how did we end up here? I know you talked about some of your entrepreneurial things. Now, how did you land to where you're at now? Well, with the clothing brand, so I do motivational speaking. I was about to do a high school. I was about to go talk to some high school students, and I just couldn't lock in. I'm like, "Come on, man, let's go!" I was like, "You gotta you gotta focus on what you're about to talk about to these kids." And I was like, "Oh, wow, focus." I like that's not bad, and then and then once I start thinking about the word focus, I start realizing how much we say it in everyday life. I start realizing how powerful that word is. I was like, man, I didn't even realize that people said this word so much. You know how like when you get woke to something, then you start noticing how much it's, it's all you hear, it's all you life. see. Like yeah. how when you buy a car, you never saw that car until you buy it. And once you buy yep. every freaking stoplight, you see one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so that's how it was with me, man. Um, I had I, I was going to do that school a couple years back, and I was like, you know, I'm about to do this word focus, man. And, and I've always wanted to be in fashion. Um, I went to a school in Cleveland here called Cleveland Heights. In Cleveland Heights, we we was we was pretty preppy, you know, uh, the whole Kanye style back in the early two thousand, where he used to wear the polo shirts under the polo sweaters and all that. We was doing that when I was in high school in the nineties. So we was always a preppy school, you know, the whole Timberlands polo Nautica. We we was doing that, wearing two two three shirts up under a polo sweater. We we've been doing that, and so. Um, I've always been in the fashion. My mom used to have fashion shows when I was a kid. So I was like, man, let's go. I want my own brand. And that's when I started the whole uh, Focus Clothing that it is today. I've been open for almost uh, three years and uh, it's been a journey. It's definitely been a journey. Uh, Like you was talking about earlier, Antonio, um, about reading. I stay reading. I stay reading. I stay listening to podcasts. I stay watching YouTube videos because if you want to turn something into a million dollar brand, billion dollar brand, you got to learn from the people that's already doing it on the million dollar level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it doesn't, people just always try and create these new things when you could just look at what someone else has done and how they got successful and just copy that. You know, you don't have to go reinvent the wheel. You could obviously create your own flavor to it. And obviously, you know, Jay Stevens has his own brand and your own 
swag and you obviously your, your comedy plays into that as well. But the same basic principles is the same way to scale up, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, and I love the way you keep on reading, keeps on sharpening the ax. You know, how, how do you go about executing that business plan? Is it more social media based marketing, things like that? Absolutely. Um, I think my biggest customer base, and I thank God for it because it, it works hand in hand, is my comedy. Even though, you know, comedians sell merch. And uh, I always specify at the end of my shows, I don't sell merch. I have a clothing brand. <laughs> you know, uh, the name of my company is on the back label. You know what I'm saying? And so from doing comedy, my brand has really grown faster than it normally would if I didn't have, um, wasn't, you know, traveling all over and was able to get people to buy stuff at shows and uh, things like that. But social media is a huge factor. And like I was listening to your other guy uh, 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 from the, from the scale up your business. What's his name? Nick Bradley. Nick Bradley. Yeah, Nick was, and I, I was agreeing with what he's saying. What he's doing is he's giving back and he's helping people. And that's what I found out through social media. People, people don't just want to buy stuff anymore. And what I mean by that is people right now want to support brands, support food, support movements that really help people. When you help people, then you have just found a way to become successful. Um, I've obviously learned that from comedy because when I make people laugh, I'm helping people. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about how uh, laughter does good like a medicine. So I'm helping you if you had a horrible week, a horrible month, a horrible year. You know how many people have come to me after comedy shows like, man, I just got a divorce or this is my first time out all year. My mom died or something like that. And you just had me dying laughing. Thank you for this. You know, so uh, I, comedy, I'm already in the helping business. But um, with my company, what I do is not only do I sell merch or I'm sorry, sell apparel, but I also inspire people. You know, like I said, the brand was started because I was already doing motivational speaking. So the two go hand in hand. And then also um, from social media, I do, which I'm actually doing this Saturday on the uh, 13th, I do twice a month, an Instagram live where I interview um, someone that has to do with business or or value, some something, somebody of value I have coming. Like this week, I have a personal trainer coming on, and the title of this week's session is the importance of self care. And I thought that it was very fitting because I didn't had a financial advisor, I've had a, a brand strategist, I've had a social media YouTube strategist come on, and I was like, you know what? I need to have a personal trainer on there because I exercise all the time. Uh, Landon, I looked at your Instagram. You got a few abs, so you you know you you work out too. <laughs> and so you know, I was like, yeah. let's get a personal trainer on here because you know people are so busy chasing wealth that they don't chase health, and health is wealth. Because if you if you successful but you sick all the time because you're not taking care of yourself then what difference does it matter how much money you make or how booked you are? You know, if you're sick, if you're in the hospital, if you feel horrible. So yeah, so we're going we're gonna to dive into um, uh, 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 self-care this week with this personal trainer. But it's things like that, that that I put on my Instagram live, on my social media that I found out 
organically has grown my brand as well. What advice do you have for people specifically starting out these clothing brands? Because I'm starting to see some folks, I know there's actually some specific people that listen to this podcast that I personally know that started clothing brands in the last year or so. What advice do you have for them on, on, or even maybe someone thinking about starting a clothing brand? What advice do you have on some of the most important things they should be thinking about? Quality, 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 quality. You know, and and, and I, I'm nowhere where I want to be when it comes to business. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Let me just start off by saying that. But when I did, when I started my clothing brand, I did research, man. I went from Walmart to Saks Fifth Avenue to Dillard's to uh, Urban Stores. I was just going through filling the material. I would feel the material. And you definitely see a difference between something at Walmart and something at Dillard's. You definitely see the difference between something at Target and something at at Macy's. So I would do that, man. I would spend hours in the malls. And then I would Google different brands, Google different qualities. And I found one that I like. And I use them for everything almost. Um, And quality is everything because when when someone buys something from you, And then you see them a year later and they say, man, I don't know what brand you use, bro, but this looked like I just bought it and I've probably washed it 30 times. I'm like, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that you like that. I did that on purpose. And and of course, when you first start off, some people like, man, why you 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 kind of charging the tad bit? Yeah. But when you buy it, you'll understand. You're not just paying for the uh, for the name of the company, but you're also paying for the quality. And I stand behind what I sell. So, of course, I'm not up there with, you know, with uh, let me give you an example. Um, You know, some people, when you first start off, they expect your hoodies to go for thirty five dollars. Okay, well, I don't sell my hoodie for thirty, thirty five dollars. I sell my hoodies for fifty dollars. But then again, I'm also trying to get to the point to where I can sell it for a hundred dollars, like Nike or Ralph Lauren or G Star or or you know uh, Rock Revival, things like that. Mm-hmm. So you you have to find your 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 um your common spot where it's is not high, it is not low. Because if you start off selling your stuff too low, then uh, when you sell it cheap, then people would think that you're a cheap brand. But eventually, people will, re- will begin to realize once they buy it. Now you can't buy cheap. And then sale expensive. You can't do that. <laughs> so you have to out of business. quality matters, man. Quality <laughs> right. definitely matters. And also, 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 and this is something I'm still learning, still watching videos on. You have to know your target audience. And oh my God, it is still hard to this day. Two, three years later, I'm in. I spend so much money on Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing, ads, and stuff like that. That finding your target audience is crazy, but you, because in your mind, you like, what's your target audience? You like everybody. No, it's not. <laughs> everybody is not your like. Case in point with you, right. Antonio, and you, Landon. Um, you know, uh, you guys might be two different target audiences. Like Antonio, you might be into uh, uh, like you know, partying and 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 and, and beach life and and girls. 
and, you know, so that's one audience. And then Landon, you might be the the, the stay home conservative. I got a wife and a daughter. Uh, I'm I'm a, a polo button up wearing type guy. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> sure, sure, you're sure. two different people. I can't right, market right. to both of y'all. Different interests. <laughs> we, we like to we like to watch different ads. We click on different things. Like it's a different right. Makes yeah. sense. So you you, yeah. you you for so if you if your listeners starting a brand, quality marketing is the number one and number two things. And um put thought behind your logo. Put thought behind every single thing you put out because man, it, it matters. It matters. So really do your homework. And remember this: if you're starting a clothing brand, be in it for the long haul. I have stuff that that's dropping this year in 2021, but I already have. I got three years worth of um, logos and designs already. I'm, I'm already good to 2025 because I'm serious about this, wow. you know. So, and with the trends that's going on, and also with um, the ideas that I have—I'm sorry—or the not the ideas, but the logo designs that's already made. This is not something that's in my mind. It's already made, so I'm good for the next three years already, you know. So you, it's, it's something that you really got to think about. It's not just about saying, "Hey, I want to throw a word." on a sweater and t-shirt and bam. That's what I always love. I always love diving into the logistics of a business because people just see the business. They don't understand the amount of work that goes into all the stuff, the supply chain, you know, pricing, target markets, things like that. What I want to know is if you could shed light on how you went about building a team. I know you said you're extremely busy. You know, you do comedy, all this stuff. I can't imagine you doing all this business stuff by yourself. How do you leverage a team and other people? Well, I do. I do have a team. Um, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, 20, 30 people team. It's a little four people team. And um, but we make it happen. You know, we make it happen. And team is very important because y'all got you, you guys have to be on the same page. Uh, one thing that I have learned over the past couple of years, uh, like my, my son is one of my uh, people on my team. He it's funny because he actually graduated from San Francisco State. He's taking marketing classes. Uh, and I would literally still go back and forth with this guy. Like <laughs> here he went to college and took a marketing class, got degree and stuff like that. And here I am just someone with an idea that think I know what I'm talking about. And we would go back and forth. And so it's, it's funny because it goes back to the book, to the uh, how we play the game, the Ed Stack book. It was a chapter in the book where he was talking about how his father didn't want to transition to Nike. He was only with, um, I think it was Adidas and Puma. I think he was just with those two. Nike was just thing that was just new. But his son, Ed, he like, dad, I'm in my 20s, dude. Like, this is the wave. This is what's about to happen. We just can't sell this. We have to start selling this. And his dad was like, no, this is what always worked. Blase, blase, blase. And so after mm. I read that chapter, I went and apologized to my son. I was like, look here, man. Let me holler at you for a minute. <laughs> I get it. I don't want to be that dude that think he know everything. You right, know, right. so um, your team is very important. Listening to your team is very important. Um, what was I? I was listening to something. Um, I can't remember who said it, but the, the the person was interviewing Nelson Mandela, and he said Nelson Mandela's father was some type of chief or something like that, and he would come into the meetings and he would talk last. He said a a good business owner listens, a good CEO listens, a good leader listens first. 
then he tells what he wants to tell. He said, you can't be a, a leader, a coach, a CEO, a, a whatever, and come into the meeting and say, here's what I think. Boom, 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 boom. What do you guys think? Because after, if you say first what you think, automatically you, your mind is already made up. So what the next yeah. 5, 10, 20 people say, they really not even going to say it because your mind is already made up. And people most likely know if you don't line up with what the boss say, you might get fired. So, <laughs> so it's like, For sure. you know, so, so yeah. So, so, you know, listening to my team, man, is so very important and understanding is, is one book that I read, but I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with John Maxwell. One of my favorite books from John Maxwell is 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And one of his laws that he talks about is delegation. He said, if you delegate something to someone who knows what they're doing, you don't have to go behind them and make sure that it's good. You hired them for that reason. If I hired you for marketing, if I hired you for distribution, if I hired you to run my website, I do not have to come behind you and put my opinion in it all the time because I hired the best. Mm -hmm. John Maxwell, right. I love that you plugged him in there. Uh, one of my favorite books of all time. And by the way, John Maxwell is arguably the best person when it comes to leadership around in the entire world. For sure. And and uh, I just read one of his newer books called The Leader's Greatest Return. <laughs> and what it focuses on, I like how you spoke about delegation. The other D that he talks about is duplication. And it's the same exact thing that you're talking about. If you could find a way to scale up to the point where someone else can take your job and you're now outside of the business and so you could focus on things that actually matter. And instead of just being inside the business the whole time, then you know that's exactly what you're looking for. Because now you have that passive income stream going. Now you could focus on the business, not in the business. And you could also focus on your other entrepreneurial activities. So love absolutely. the John Maxwell plug. Man, John Maxwell is a beast, man. And you're, you're absolutely right. And when you really think about it, and John Maxwell always talks about, he says, a good leader is someone that can be duplicated. He said, if you are a leader and if you die today and your church or your nonprofit or your business goes to disaster, you are a horrible leader. <laughs> you are a horrible leader if when you're in your absence, what you have cannot continue to run. Well said. Jay, uh, as we as we close up here, we're, this has been an awesome conversation. I want to I want to do two things. I, I I want you to leave our guests with any words of wisdom you'd like to leave them with, but I'd also want to put you on the spot a little bit. Doesn't have to be okay. your material. You know what's coming. You know you know I had to ask this question. It doesn't have to be your material, but what is your favorite joke to tell? Or if you, I'm sure you get put on the spot all the time when people when you tell them you're a comedian. So maybe leave our guests with some words of wisdom you'd like to leave them with, but then maybe finish out with your favorite joke to tell. Okay. Um, words of wisdom, consistency, man. And, and, and also, you know, I could go back to what I said earlier. Don't let the word no stop you. Let the word no drive you. If someone is saying no, or if you consistently get no, find out why you've gotten no. Okay. I got no, but why go into the why M make it personal, not against the person, but make it personal for yourself. Why did I just get a no? Why did I not get the promotion? Why did I not get the business? Why did I not get the loan? Find out why the no is, because if you consistently get no in the same <clears throat> same area, then maybe it is something on your part. Maybe you do have to change something. 
you know, so uh, I, I would say stay consistent with what you do. Nothing happens overnight. I don't care what these YouTube people say. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as an overnight success. An overnight success is someone that's been grinding behind the scene for 10, 20 years and you just found out about them overnight. As far as uh, a, my favorite joke, wow, my favorite joke right now <laughs> is a joke that I talk about uh, during when the COVID stay home order had happened and no women was getting their hair done and how my wife had came out the dark one time when I was in the living room, I was in the kitchen and she came out the living room and I almost shot her because she had her hair in cornrows and I thought she was somebody breaking in the house. So that's kind of like my favorite joke right now. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, man. Oh man, this was freaking amazing. Uh, I want to let, let your listeners know to uh, follow me on Instagram, J Stevens Live, because you never know when I'm coming to your city. Uh, J Stevens Live. I post everything on there. It's J A Y S T E V E N S L I V E. It's uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Please follow me on my YouTube channel. Um, I have I have some pretty funny skits. Um, I definitely have to shout this out real quick. I have a new thing that I do called Coffee Confessions and Comedy. I'm a huge coffee drinker. And so that's that. I, once a week I put up, uh, I'm actually about to start doing twice a week, but I put up a video less than five minutes on my YouTube where I talk about a specific coffee brand. And uh, it's a funny confession or a funny story from either comedy or just life or i'll have a guest come on like case in point um last week's episode i was talking about how uh it was about five couples and we all went out to dinner and they give you the the one mechanism that vibrates when it's your turn for your when your table is ready Mm -hmm. so we was waiting and we was in the plaza we went to the store next door and me in the middle of the store i just yelled out 20 minutes later hey who got the vibrator you know, so uh, that was just a, a funny story <laughs> because it had That's nothing awesome. to do with what people thought it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, so that was just a funny story. So it's stuff like that, man, that I do on my YouTube channel. So please, please, please uh, follow your boy on Instagram and on YouTube. Awesome. You, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you how our guests, our listeners could follow you. So we'll, we'll definitely put the uh, link in the description on how to get access to your, your clothing brand and all your content. And this has been awesome. This has been awesome, Jay. Really appreciate you coming on. Man, it was an honor. Landon, Tonio, you guys freaking rock, man. We got to do this again. You're the man. Absolutely. Pleasure connecting, man. Hey, I can't wait to get myself some focused clothing, man. Jay does it right. He really does a great job of you know being integrity-based. He's so funny, dude. He's so funny and he travels. I just think it's so cool how he's traveling all over the all over the country. He's been he's been in the comedy game for so long. Um, he's crossed paths with with all the big names, and uh, not to mention he's running this successful brand. And he's just a, a light of energy, man. Light of energy. He's been following up with us a lot, checking like, "Hey, when's the episode coming out? When's the episode coming out?" So I'm glad we could have finally we could finally put it out. We just have we've had so many interviews that were kind of backed up on to put out. So um, this was one of my favorites, and we actually did it over video, if you remember. So that was like one of our first video episodes. So we'll have to get some stuff chopped up for for everybody to look at. Yeah, for sure. I think video content wins and there's definitely a intense focus on creating some more video content for everyone to share and to view. Um, in terms of brand building, some massive things going on in the works behind the scenes. I'm not going to say much more. Um, if you want to learn, you want to hear about it and you want to help grow with us, um, you'll obviously have to sign an NDA. 
And you know, we can fill you in on what's going on in our lives. There is just so much opportunity for growth and we're looking for hungry, motivated individuals to be a part of it. Um, we have proven systems to start really growing some brands and really getting after it. So with that being said, it has been a lonely yet exciting last five, six months on my end. And I'm sure you could say the same, just of consumed in business, work, constant ideas, constant studying, constant finding ways to get better. And I would not ask for it any other way. I've been kind of trying to not balance, but integrate it all. I've been pretty social on the weekends, but working really hard on the weekdays, cramming the hours in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, basically working from you know, 6 to 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and then Mondays and Fridays kind of start of the day, midday, uh, and then finishing half day on Friday. I don't know. So mm-hmm. that's been my that's been my work schedule life. And then the weekends have just been filled with some good times with the family and, and friends and things like that. But all the while, still still applying pressure, still, still growing and getting better. At this point, I really can't say the same. Um, I have not had much of a social life. I have to force myself sometimes to go out or even like play video games or something just because I'm so committed to what I'm trying to do. And sometimes I stretch myself thin. And now that I've figured out a way to kind of like block out my time, I'll just sacrifice some sleep in order to just keep on pushing and keep on working, keep on learning. Um, This book that I referred to in the beginning of this podcast, Winning, has really taught me a lot of lessons of the sacrifices that it takes to really get to where you want to be. And in where I'm trying to go, there is no balance. It doesn't exist. There might be a blend. Mm, There might be this blended lifestyle, but I am this brand. I am consistency wins. We are consistency wins. We are exactly who we're trying to be. And that doesn't take any days off. The second, you know, you try and take, um, you know, and don't get me wrong, that we should definitely be having social lives and enjoying time with family and stuff like that. But everything has to be constant focus. When you're trying to be a high achiever, there has to be a massive sacrifice to be made to get to where you want to go. Because like the, you know, like the quote said, the second you smell winning, it rips the rug right, under, right out under you. And you just got to go back and start from square one. So every tier that you get to, you have to act as like you're at the bottom. You know, for, for us, you and I could sit here and be like, yo, we're 24. We're fucking killing it, man. Our income's great. Our business is great. People are loving what we're doing. Our influence is expanding. I think I'm still at the bottom every single day. I wake up with anxiety to really try and get to where I want to be every single day and push the needle forward. Some of it's good though. I think anxiety is a good thing to a certain extent. You know, I think that sometimes in today's world, it's like, oh, you have anxiety. Oh, you're, you're upset or you don't feel good. Here's a pill. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's exactly. Just, uh, the pills, gonna, the pills, the pills a, is a short term solution for a long term problem of not being fulfilled. And I have a, I have a great cure for anxiety. Do the fucking work. Yeah, do the shit you don't want to do that's giving you anxiety. Exactly. Take it on. So I want, I want to read a conversation that I had with my boy George, um, really good friend of mine. You know George. He's filmed some content for us. He's a you know huge supporter of what we're doing, and he's rising the ranks in the film world. And he'll probably kill me if I even, uh, you know, if he knows that I really spoke about this stuff because he's kind of low key about what he's doing, but he's crushing it. Really proud of him. And he literally sacrificed the last five years of his life to make this dream come true, eating shit, being a production assistant, moving a bunch of stuff, doing kind of bitch work. And he'll, he'll admit that. And, you know, just to learn and constantly, you know, in his off time, just studying what film looks like. And so now he, he took the, the, the leap of faith to go out to Oregon for the next couple of months to go help film a project. And 
they basically had a situation to where they needed um, a specific service and they didn't call upon him. They just kind of called upon the group and he stepped up and made it happen. And then they, they um, promoted him to associate producer on this all-star cast of directors and producers. This is going to be on Amazon. It's going to be a hit, sh- uh, hit movie. And so, you know, he's texting me and he's all excited and, you know, I'm excited for him. Don't get me wrong. And I, I'm, you know, this is just something to me that I expect from him. So like, I have a tough time being proud of people. Cause I just, for the high achievers that I surround myself with, it's just a stepping stone. Cause like his goal is not to be an associate producer. His goal is to be the fucking executive producer and the, the, the director and all that right. stuff. So I said, you know, this is very little bit of what I said, but I said, it's exciting as fuck, man. Some amazing shit happening, but it's just expected. What else do you expect when you drop everything else in life and fully commit to making this a reality? It becomes reality. So while most people would take the time to congratulate themselves and be proud, you don't have that luxury because you're not most people. Most people stay most people because they don't take that next step. They don't go beyond what's expected. And, you know, that that caused him, you know, that grounded him. He needs somebody like that because most people will be like, oh my God, man, like that's so amazing. Like you're doing so great. Like, enjoy this, man. Go out, have a drink. Me, I'm like, yo, what's next? What's next, bro? Like, fuck that. You know, great, great for you. I'm, I'm happy for you, but fuck that. Let's go. What's next? And, you know, I feel like when you're really trying to be a high achiever, that's the mindset that needs to be made, needs to be had every day. There's really not, there's really not anyone out there that is a high achiever that doesn't have that mindset. Facts. That's 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 what it takes. That's literally it. Yeah, I mean, I have Um, nothing to say. I have nothing to say after that, just because it's just it's so uh, it's just true. It's reality, and I think I think there's people out there that are just okay and comfortable with a certain level of success, and they're okay with their um, insert whatever amount of money a year that is, uh, and they're just cool with that. And I just I don't I know you and I, and as well as probably a lot of people listening to this, are probably aiming high, you know, and I think we're rewarded for things and it's okay to celebrate. It's okay to appreciate our successes, but at the same time, it's easy to sell your dreams for just something that's okay. Right. We all, we all start out with these dreams. We all start out with these goals and it's easy along the way, I think, to just sell your dreams for something that just gets something. Okay. Something done. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not the big picture. It's not what you initially intended, but You'll just you'll just settle because either of the people you're surrounding yourself with, or just um, you're just maybe maybe just the complacency of of getting a little success. It's almost it almost can be um, counterproductive to the to the main goal. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why you need to surround yourself with people that are really achieving high because they need to ground you. Because ninety nine percent of the people in your life, and that was really well said by the way. 99% of the people in your life are just going to tell you you're amazing right where you are. Yep. You know, and don't get me wrong, you and I are very happy with our lives right now, but I am happily dissatisfied with everything that's going on. Like I I wake up and I'm so grateful for the position that I'm in and the experience that I'm having in life, but then I'm so dissatisfied because I know where I'm headed. And I think a huge thing is a lack of vision. And you can't have you can't intend to be a high achiever at all if you don't have a vision. If you don't know where you're headed, what's the point? You know, where you're you're gonna do all this work and you don't even know the line you're headed in, the direction that you're headed in. So with that being said, I, I don't want to rant too much about it and I don't want to act like I know everything that I'm talking about. Basically, I pride myself 
um, being the best copycat there is. I just read shit and I listen to shit of people that are where I want to be. And I just copy them. I do exactly what they say to do because they are there. And people don't understand. It's like, oh, you know, I really want it. I really want to get there. Okay. You have to do this, 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 and this. You got to stop hanging out at this point. You got to stop the drinking here and you got to do this and you got to stay up late and you got to wake up early and you got to exercise and do all that shit. Like, oh, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to eat sweet potatoes or, you know, that's just an example, but it's like, then you don't actually want it. I would say (laughs) 90%. Yeah. I would say 90% of the (laughs) shit I do, I don't even want to do. It's just, I know that it has to push the needle forward, which is all about creating a macro goal and reducing it to the micro to know that you're doing exactly what you need to do on the day to day to get to where you need to be. So the focus and the purpose has to be more important than the process because you're going to stay, you're not going to get motivated. So uh, you're not going to stay motivated. It's not easy. So you have to have that end goal in mind that keeps the motivation. And then you have the process that just takes your emotions out of the whole thing. The emotions no longer matter because you so bought into the process and you committed to it. That's it. That's all I got for you. I'm good for that. You good? Yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Hey, I mean, like we said earlier, um, if you're looking to grow, reach out. We definitely have ways to help you grow and to help us grow. We're really looking to connect with people and I'll leave it at that. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Learn Lead Podcast, where you get to own your life. Stay tuned for our future guests coming soon. Make sure to like and subscribe.